Jonah chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Now, would we all agree in here that Jonah was a man of God? Jonah was a man of God. He was a prophet of God. But even this man of God, this prophet of God, who was greatly used of God, he had a bad attitude, didn't he? And he was wrong in his attitude. And God's kind of rebuking Jonah. And in this story of Jonah, we see a great example of God's mercy while looking at a terrible example of love and compassion from a man of God, from a prophet of God. And we need to, sometimes we need to remind ourselves, you know, we think just because we're saved that we're not capable of doing some really bad things and having some really bad attitudes. And the truth is, uh, we are capable. Pointless. I, I, I don't care about the royal family. I absolutely love that basketball coach. When the news media, you know, they're supposed to be talking about a basketball game. What do you think about the royal family watching? He nailed it with, he said, you mean Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? It's like, that's all, he said, that's the only royal family I care about. I'm like, yes. Why do we care about the royal family in America? Get a life, people. All right? we, we don't care. They don't matter. Okay? Charles, when he becomes king, Americans will get all hyped up about that. They're going to watch all that stuff and think it's so great. Folks, we got rid of the king. Okay, We, we defeated the king. We rebelled. We won. We don't care. I, don't, I don't care about him anymore. But yet, you know, these are the ones you think of. When you think of Muslims, who do you think of? Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, Barack Hussein Obama. You know, these are the, you know, we, we think of the extreme versions, you know, when you think of the IFB, who do, who do people typically think of? They think of the big names, the people who were, you know, very extreme, the people who are very, you know, noticeable, you know, you think about the, you know, the Jack Hiles, you know, who was clearly an exceptional individual in a lot of areas. I mean, how many IFB pastors build a church that huge? You know, you think of, when you think of certain groups and types of IFB, when you think of the Camden culture, you think of Tony, guys like Tony Hudson. Folks, Tony Hudson 
is a very unique individual if you know him. He does not represent your average IFB preacher. But yet, when people are against the IFB, you know, they always want to show video clips of Tony Hudson doing his you know, air guitar thing. And I am not going to imitate that because uh, I don't want to go viral on the internet looking stupid. And that's exactly what would happen. But, you know, and, and I'm not against people if they have a crazy personality. I think you ought to be yourself. And if that, you know, if that's who you are, then you be that. But if you're normal, don't act like a maniac. It's off-putting. But these, typically, those are the people, you, know, you think of the J. Frank Norris's, who was another kind of extreme individual. He was an exceptional individual. But these, these people like that, they never represent just your average person in that group. But they're the ones that always get featured. They're the ones that everybody wants to talk about. And so... None of these people that we're mentioning, you know, they would represent the average Joe of any group. And so what we need to understand about the Assyrians in Jonah's day, because Nineveh, it was the capital of Assyria. Assyria was a world empire during that time. And most of the people in that land probably weren't very interested in conquering the world. And even though many of them probably benefited uh, you know, from being an Assyrian, with them being in charge, with them spoiling all these cities and nations, while they probably benefited greatly, most of them were probably just trying to live their lives and weren't even really thinking about that stuff. I mean, notice what it says in uh, verse 11. He says, Should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, where there are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand, right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. That's that there's 120,000 people that can't even discern between the right hand and left hand, that don't even know what's going on. There's cattle there. God even cared about the cattle. And he said, shouldn't you want me to spare these people? Not, you know what God was saying? Not all of those people are as wicked as you think they are. Some of them are just going along. They don't know what's going on. They're not like you think. But you know, Jonah, when he's thinking of the Assyrians, you know, he's probably thinking of the people on top. He's probably thinking of the leaders. He's probably thinking of the extreme examples. He's not thinking about average Joe. He's thinking about just those few that maybe he had had interactions with, that he you know, had experiences with. Maybe he had had some dealings with soldiers, you know, and didn't like those guys. And so as a result, he just had a terrible attitude towards them. And we've got to understand that while, you know, the, so these Assyrians... While not all of them were probably like the people on top, while a lot of them were interested in conquering the world, you know, they still had some accountability. God was going to destroy them. And, and they had it coming as a nation. You know, but, and, and, you know, just even, like, even in our country, I mean, do we really want God treating our entire nation the way our leaders deserve to get treated by God because they all deserve to get, you know, firebombed by God, Sodom and Gomorrah style. But do we want that to happen to all of us? But at the same time too, I don't believe we're completely innocent as individuals and have no accountability at all. I don't believe that. But at the end of the day, most of us aren't like them. Okay? Donald Trump does not represent me. Joe Biden does not represent me. They, those men do not represent people like us. We are not like them. 
We are not billionaires. We are not millionaires. We've never even been close. You know, we, we are not, you know, we're not rich. We're not famous. We don't have any of these things going for us. We, you know, we're, we're Christians. We're moral. You know, we, we're, we're not like them. But yet, you know how many people, when they think about America, you know who they think of? Donald Trump. Joe Biden. And, you know, we hear that kind of thing and it upsets us, doesn't it? I mean, have you ever, have you ever been there before and just, you know, you were just kind of embarrassed? You know, and that's how I feel a lot of times. I get why people hate our country. You've got people that are like, oh, I can't understand why the Muslims hate us so much. Well, look at what we're trying to promote in their countries. You know, who was it that wants to wear a queer shirt over in Qatar? It's an American. What, you know, why wouldn't they think? And then, you know, he gets all this attention. And then he ends up dead. I, I, I'm kind of thinking that was on purpose. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you followed that story. But, uh, but you know, e- either way, what a horrible example that was for our country. But that doesn't represent most of America. That definitely doesn't represent us. And, you know, and I hate that a lot of people in our world, when they think of Americans, you know, especially Muslims, when they think of Americans, you know what they think of? They think of pro-Israel. You know, just pro-Jew, anti-Muslim on everything. They think of idolaters. They think of Catholics. Does that represent most of us? But, you know, most Muslims today, it would be, it, it is, it's easy to get them all crying out death to America. You know what all they have to do? They have to show them what's going on in Hollywood. They have to show them the stuff that's being put out. They can show them our political leaders. They can show them our news media and the things that they're, they're pushing and easily get those people to hate us. And let me tell you, if that represented average America, then they probably should hate us. But that, uh, that's not right. That's not fair. We should, we shouldn't look at the, at it that way. And so I'm sure in Nineveh, you know, the lot, that probably many people at top, on the top were probably really bad people. They might have even had some reprobates up there. I know, but at the, at the same time, it didn't mean the entire nation was. And, I, I was thinking about this a lot because, you know, just in the last you know, couple of weeks, you know, I got to spend a lot of time around Jerusalem and I'm, I'm around a lot of people that I'm not normally around. You know, people from another country, you know, Muslims, Jews, all these things. And, you know, and just being around these people, watching them, observing them, talking with them, you know, you find out that while these people and listen, don't get me wrong. Okay, some of you, we got some Jonas in here. You know, you might get a little aggravated if I say some nice things about some of these people. But did you know that, you know, their their kids are like our kids. Their kids goof off. They act silly. I, I was I was sitting in I was sitting in McDonald's over there, and I was watching these little kids, you know, with their dad speaking another language, and they're like saying goofy stuff and like laughing hysterically and just. Being goofy, weird little kids, just just like our kids, you know. I, I you know I was watching just elderly people and just kind of the way they act and get around. It it, it it reminded me of our elderly people, just regular people, kids laughing, playing games, goofing off. You know, they're they're a lot like us, and I'm like, you know, and, and when I saw these people, you know, I was actually sad for them because of the fact that most of these people are probably never going to get a real clear gospel presentation in their life. And while they are a part of wicked religions, they were born into it. It's all they've ever known. 
it's probably all that they ever will know. And while it's and it is, while it's so easy for us, while we look at the Benjamin Netanyahu's, while we look at these leaders that they put out there in the news media, just these wicked, vile people. It's easy for us to just look at them. It's easy for us to look at Zelensky over in Ukraine and just think, just nuke that place. But you know what? I don't think Zelensky represents probably your average Ukrainian. I don't know. I've never been to Ukraine. I used to work with a couple of Ukrainians. You know what? They were nice guys. And they liked Russia a lot too. I remember somebody said something about Russia one time. They like jumped all over them. And then they would, but then they would complain about Russia sometimes too. And we're like, how come you guys can complain about Russia and we can't? We, I never under, I, I don't understand the politics of everything over there and how that works. But you know, the, the truth is, a lot of the people that we've kind of been programmed to hate as Americans, as Baptists, or whatever, the truth is, we really don't know probably much about the average Joes, but we think we know something about them because we know the extreme characters. We know the stereotypes. We know the people that have been put out there by the news media, by the mainstream to for, help us form our thinking. You know, and the truth is they are an accurate representation. And isn't it, you know, and isn't it interesting too how when it's like really bad groups, you know, they try to put out normal ones. You know, it's like, you know, they, you know, they have like the, in the homo world, you know, they'll put out the Anderson Coopers that look like a normal, clean-cut individual. But, I mean, does he look like your average, you know what, at a pride parade? Not at all. You know, does he talk like that? Does he act like... You know, if Anderson Cooper, if he would have acted like one of them, and they do act away, remember Joe Biden himself said, if you have that waiter, you know, that, that gay waiter that, you know, has a lisp, and he's like going at all these stereotypes. Anybody remember that famous gaff that was so hilarious but anyway you know if anderson cooper would have acted like that when he first got famous nobody would have liked him nobody would have watched him he got everybody to like him then he comes out of the closet but the the truth is those are the ones that they want they want to put forward to get to give you a good opinion but you know what those same people when they don't want you to like somebody they put people forward that will give everyone a bad opinion and it's not fair it's not the way it works. We've got to understand the people that are being put out there are bad representations. And so, you know, when I say all this, I, I, we do need to hate false religion. We need to be against that. But we got to watch out just getting super down on entire groups of people because we really, most of them probably aren't as bad as we think. And a few things about them I want us to think about, and I want to see some, show some examples of the Bible. The first thing we need to realize about people is that some people are just sheep with bad shepherds. That's all they are. They're sheep with bad shepherds. Notice, too, go to Jonah chapter 3. I'm going to show you something here in Jonah chapter 3. Now watch this. Because you think, how did they get a whole city to repent like that? Now remember, God was going to kill the whole city. But here we see the whole city repent. How do you get an entire city to repent? Well, how do you get an entire city to be wicked? Maybe the leadership. Maybe shepherds. Notice what it says in Jonah 3, 6. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and satin ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king. And his nobles sang, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, 
taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he said he would do unto them and he did it not. So folks, notice that what got the people to do right is the king did the right thing. Why is that? You know why? They were just sheep. They were just going along. Most people today, they're just going along. You want to know why so a, a, a lot of our country is becoming more tolerant to perversion? Because the leaders. That's what's being promoted. That's what's being put out there. Now, we don't have like a single king today. You know, we've got, you know, we don't have that central figure like that, that everyone's united around. You know, we're such a melting pot of cultures and we there's so many of us that, you know, you, we don't have one person that can just steer the entire ship. But everybody, you know, is kind of, you know, following leads of different groups, different people. And the truth is, in many of those cases, if you could get the leader to do the right thing, then you know what? The sheep following them would do the right thing too. And that's exactly what happened in Nineveh. As soon as this king gets right, these people, they were all ready to get right. And thank God the king got right. And you know what? I think if the king wouldn't have got right, I think most of the other people wouldn't have got right too. You know why? Because they were just sheep. But fortunately, while they had a bad shepherd, their shepherd actually got right. And it ended up being good for them. But folks, that's not always the case. Another example where the people just went along with the shepherd. How about Egypt? They had a bad shepherd. They had Pharaoh. You know, people are seeing what's going on in Egypt. They're seeing how God's bringing the judgment down on them. And the people, they want, they're trying to talk Pharaoh into letting the people go. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh was stubborn. And while the people, many of the people didn't like it, you know what they did? They went along with Pharaoh. And you know what? They suffered, didn't they? There was, they had some accountability too. Egypt was destroyed. I guarantee you there was a lot of soldiers when they saw the water part at the Red Sea. They're like, I'm not going out there. But then Pharaoh says, no, you're going out there. And you know what? They went and they died with Pharaoh. But you know what? If Pharaoh would have said, he's the true God, we can't win, they would have went along too. So again, while Pharaoh was a reprobate, were all his people reprobates? No. But you know what? Sadly, they were sheep. And you know, the title of the message tonight is Don't Kill the Lost Sheep. Don't kill the lost sheep. That's most people out there today. They are just lost sheep that we should be having compassion on, that we should be feeling sorry for, that we should have pity for. And the truth is, if you don't have any of that, you know, a good chance is because of the fact, you know, you've not been around these people, you don't have any experience with them, and you are only you know, going off your tiny experience you've had with maybe one person that was really bad. You know, how many of you before, all right, maybe, uh, I'll bet we're not the only family that's done this. But how many before, when you were going to have a baby, you were discussing names. While you're discussing names, your wife suggests a name or your husband suggests a name and you're like, no. Why? That's a beautiful name. I knew somebody with that name and I hate that. We're not using that name. Anybody ever done that before? Okay. Now, does that mean it's a bad name? Does it mean everybody with that name is bad? No, but you know what? You let that one person just ruin that. That name for you. That, that's what you think of. 
And there are. There's people out there. They've had a bad experience with somebody. Maybe it was a bad experience with a black person. Maybe it was a bad experience with a Hispanic person or something. And so now, whenever they think of those, you know, they see any black person, they think about that one that they hate. That's not fair. That's, that's not right. And then even too, it's like, you know, you got, you got Christians who are familiar with hate doctrine and stuff like that. And so it's like they know that one Muslim, they know that one person, that one, you know, individual that, you know, they're clearly a reprobate. And so then they, anybody who's like one of their lost sheep, they feel like they can hate on them too. It's like, no, don't, don't shoot the lost sheep. Okay. Don't go killing the lost sheep. Some of these people, they could potentially be reached. You know, these are the people that we're trying to win and we got to watch out for that. And so most, because, you know, here's the thing too, when we, when we look at these other countries, we look at these other religions, because folks, I mean, listen, you can't say enough bad stuff about the modern day Judaism. You can't say enough bad stuff about Islam. You can't say, say enough bad stuff about Mormonism, about Catholicism, about all these things. But do you realize that most of us don't know what it's like to be under a truly oppressive regime? We don't know what that's like. We don't know what it's like to be forced into a certain religion. We don't know what it's like that, you know, most of us changing a religion, how it could cause you to be completely cut off from your family, cause you to lose your job, maybe be threatened by death. We don't know what that's like. And so, I mean, just imagine, okay, what well, you know, you do. Okay, you're Fox News Baptist and you just think we got to firebomb all the Muslims and get them out of the land of Israel because it belongs to the Jews, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, you know that, that's the way you feel about it. But think about it. Okay, you know, you're, you're that little Muslim kid playing soccer in the streets of Jerusalem. All you know are the, pe- you know, the people that you've grown up around. You've been forced into religion. You were born in it. You have no way out. You can't get out of it. You, the only other people you know are the Jews, you know, who've been taking your family's land and all that kind of stuff and cheating them and doing all the things that they do. The Christians are a bunch of people who are either worshiping the Jews or they're a bunch of Catholics that are going bound down to idols and kissing rocks and doing all that kind of stuff. So the thing is, what chance do these kids really have? I mean, almost none. And it's sad because it's not their fault if they had a chance, if they had an opportunity, if they had the opportunities you and I did, if they had somebody give them the truth and they were able to see it without the, fe- without the fear of losing everything. You see it clear? They would probably get saved. You and I don't know what that's like. But you know what we could do? We can have sympathy for them. Uh, in Jeremiah 50, verse 6, it says, My people hath been lost sheep their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from the mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. All that found them have devoured them. And their adversaries said, We offend not because they have sinned against the Lord. The habitation of justice, even the Lord of hope, of their fathers. You know, that sounds like a lot of Christians. Oh, you know what? They've sinned. What they've done is bad. Their religion's wicked. I get that, but their shepherds caused them to go astray. Their shepherds led them out of the way. And, and you know what? If they don't get the truth, they're going to die and go to hell. And they, they do. They already, you know, they live in terrible conditions. It's a, it's a really pretty miserable life. 
You know, it, it really is. It, it's, it's, it's a sad thing when you see what's going on with these people. But at, at the same time, you'll have just Mr. Chest Thumper. He'll just get up and just, you know, run his mouth like a maniac, just cursing everyone associated with a religion, cursing everyone associated with a nation. Folks, that's not right. That is not right. That, that's a Jonah attitude. We shouldn't be that way. You know, we should wish the best for them. We should, you know, and even though, again, obviously we're not going to go make best friends with these people or anything like that. You know, we're not going to support bad politics and, you know, uh, support them in their bad religion. We're not going to encourage them in these things. But you know what? Do we have to have a horrible attitude like Jonah? Do we need to be sitting around waiting for them to be destroyed? Do we need to be sitting around getting mad at God because He hasn't destroyed them yet? Or can't we just hope for the best? It's amazing just how badly some people need to hate. You know, and we don't, we don't need to be that way. And so the sheep do. They still have responsibility. Without a doubt, they have responsibility. But it's okay for you to be compassionate. It's okay for you to look at these people and to just, and, and to be sad. To be sympathetic. And I do, and I get it. You know, there comes a point, you know, when I was at the Wailing Wall, you know, it's, it's hard to be sympathetic when you're watching these people do the stuff they're doing there. You know, obviously these kids that are raised that way, you kind of understand what's going on at first. You know, they, they don't know any better. But, you know, there was this one time I was there by the Wailing Wall and you go into this inside area and there was a couple guys sitting there. Well, they looked like they're about 150 years old. And I'm just like, shouldn't you guys know better by now? Come on. What's going on? I almost asked them if they ever, you know, what it was like going to school with Abraham and stuff like that. They, they, they looked like they were that old. But, I mean, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, it's okay for us to just have compassion and feel sorry. You know, Jesus, when he looked at Jerusalem, as wicked as that place was, you know, he wept over it. He was sad. He wasn't like, boy, oh boy, 40 years. I'm going to give it to him good. Listen, he did what he had to do. He did what he said he was going to do. He did what was prophesied. But he, he didn't enjoy it. It, it, was, it, it. That wasn't what he wanted to do. He wanted the people to repent. So we've got to understand that when we're looking at most people today, they're, they're sheep with bad shepherds. Again, you know, when, when you look at most young ladies today, the way they dress, okay, they're not all whores. But you know what they do? They have bad shepherds. They have bad role models. They have bad examples that they're following them, that they're, that they're, that they're, they're following. They haven't had anybody you know, teach them the truth. They, ha- you know, they haven't had any decent godly people you know, give them a reason to follow somebody like them. They haven't had you know, one of us you know, truly love them and, and show how we care or anything like that. We don't, we don't need to be that way. We don't need to be, uh, you know, treating, you know, you know, just going around calling women that wear pants and abomination and stuff. I mean, what makes you think that these women, you know, would know any better in this world that we live in today? I mean, can you, I get it. The way people dress is wrong. I get it. The way people dress is against the Bible, but can't you be compassionate? Can't you have a little bit of sympathy? Can't you understand that, you know, that is probably where you would be had you not been exposed to the truth? You know, it's, 
it's really sad how we many people just have no ability to do that. And it's not right. And so some people are sheep with bad shepherds. Some people are sheep with no shepherds. Matthew 9.35 says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You know, and what these people are doing, it was kind of foolish going following after Jesus the way they did, kind of going out in these far areas when they have no food and they don't have anything and they're fainting in the way. And Jesus saw that and he, was, he, he felt sorry for him. He didn't look and say, well, that was stupid. You know what? Why didn't they think to bring some food? You know, why, you know they, they saw how far away they were going to be getting away from home. Why didn't they think about getting something to drink? That was really dumb. You know what he did end up doing? He ended up feeding people, didn't he? You know why? Because he had compassion. Because he was able to. And it's okay for us when we see people doing dumb stuff when we see them following bad, you know, things and just, you know, making foolish decisions, it's okay for us to just say, you know what? Yeah, that was foolish, but you know what? I'm going to have compassion. I'm going to love them. I'm going to see if I can help them. I'm going to see if I can help get these people on the right track. It's okay for you to do that. You know what? Why don't you try to be a shepherd to them? Some people don't have a shepherd and people, they do, you know, they're looking for something. They're looking for an example. And so, and were it not for Christ and his intervention in our lives, you know what we would be doing? We would be doing exactly what the people we are surrounded by are doing. It says in Ephesians 2.1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Okay? One of the reasons we are going against the grain, against the flow, is because we have life in us. And that life was given to us by Christ. Now he said, Wherein in time past, before we were quickened, before we were made alive, Ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all, uh, whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even so we are dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. You say, well, this doesn't apply to Muslims because that's such a stupid religion. Well, you know what? Part of the course of this world is, is the fulfilling the lust of the flesh and of the mind. Who wants to be hated by all their family? Who wants to be hated by all their friends? Who wants to be persecuted? Okay, We all want to be like, that's why people do the weird things that they do. That's why people dress the weird ways that they dress. It's that, it's that lust of the mind. They're wanting to be accepted. The way, the reason most women are dressing the way they dress today, doing the things they do today, they want to be accepted by everybody. They want to fit in. They want people to look at them in a positive way. They don't want somebody looking at them weird. Why are they doing that? Because they're dead and they're trespassing and sins. Because they don't have any life in them. And so they're just going along with the course of this world. It's our world that's wicked. It's our worldly system that is wicked. That's what we should hate. That's what we're not supposed to love. The Bible says love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We're not supposed to love those things of the world, but understand our world is leading people astray. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the mind, the pride of life, these things are all against God and most people are just following those things. So, you know, go ahead and hate those things, but don't go hating on the people 
who are just going with the flow. Don't know any better. Yet, you're not doing that stuff because you've been given life. You actually have the ability to see through those things and to go against those things. And so, even when it comes to those who are on the top politically, we've got to understand too, these people are often under demonic influence. Look, I mean, in Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, that spiritual wickedness, they do. They work in the high places. Why? Because that's where the shepherds are. And the shepherds are the ones who lead the sheep. If they can corrupt the shepherds, they can corrupt the sheep too. And so again, even when it comes to these leaders that are in high places, we've got to understand, it's more than just Joe Biden. Okay, If you don't think he's got a few demons helping out there, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, there, Without a doubt, there are evil forces that are at work there and they would be leading in the same direction, whether it was him or somebody else. So, you know, we've, so the thing is, again, hate that demonic influence. Hate that devil. Hate the things of this world. Hate sin. Hate all those things. But under, understand that when it comes to most people who are just going along with those things, they're just sheep with no shepherd. They're just going with the flow. And in reality, their shepherds are demonic influence and they are causing them to do bad. They have responsibility. They still have responsibility. They will still be accountable. Okay, wisdom is crying out in the streets. The gospel is being preached. There, there are things that, are, that these people are getting warnings. The heavens declare the glory of God. But folks, not everybody sees those things immediately. And it's okay for us to have compassion and to try to just be rooting for people to do good instead of like Jonah and rooting for them to be destroyed. I just go tonight, bed every night, just, you know, praying my imprecatory prayer list and, you know, hoping God knocks off a few more of them. You know what? I don't have an imprecatory prayer list. Get over it. I just, I don't know. I, I just... I'm not against it, I guess. But you know what? If you've got a real big imprecatory prayer list, I, I'm a little worried about you. I, I am. I'm just I'm I'm a little worried about you. I think you ought to have a few people on there, but but you know, either either way, that's you know but you know, the sick and twisted things that we see coming from DC, Washington, DC, they do not represent the views of common man. But you know what? <clears throat> common man often parrots the talking points given to them by the government and the news media. I mean, folks, think about you know, every time we go soul winning. Okay? Every time we go soul winning, I even had it happen today. When you ask people, what do you have to do to go to heaven? Why is it that their answers are so similar? Just be true. Be, good, be a good person. You know, why are there things they say so similar? You know why? Because they have the same shepherds. There's not that many different shepherds leading these people. Now, you can tell most of these people have never deeply thought about these things. You know, I, I, you know, I had a lady today that you know, she told me that you need to just make sure you 
keep repenting of your sins and just every time you sin just you know make sure you get forgiveness and keep for you know keep repenting of that sin and if you keep on doing that you know you'll go to heaven when you die okay now you know and i and i of course i was very nice and all that but you know what if i would have said to her and i didn't say this i, I knew i didn't need it, but, but if i have said can you can you show me a bible verse to prove that she didn't get that from reading her bible you know what she got that from? She got that from a bad shepherd somewhere. That, that, that's, where, that's where that came from. And all you can do is love these people, have compassion, and say, you know, what a shame. You know, when you go and you talk to that Catholic and they're, they're talking about, you know, work salvation and all the stuff that they do. You know what? I mean, feel sorry for these people. Some of these people come from long lines of Catholics. And it would, it would be hard for them to renounce Catholicism because they're kind of spitting in the eyes of their family, and you know that they're just, they're just repeating the things that they've heard. They're not the ones that put these lies out. They they didn't make these things up. They're not even out there really spreading these lies. The only reason they're even saying it right now is because you asked them a question they've probably never been asked before, and they're just repeating what they heard from a bad shepherd. And again, they have responsibility, but you know what? Is it okay to have compassion on them? You know, is, is it okay? All right, are you all going to think I'm not very hardcore if you go soul winning with me one of these days and I have and I talk to some lady or I talk to some man and he's just spewing all this false doctrine and he's telling me I'm wrong that you know you got to have the works you know you, it can't just be faith and all that stuff and then if you see me one of the, you know we're at Walmart talking to that guy and being nice to him in public. So I'm like, you can think I'm not very hardcore. That, that's a false prophet, Pastor Tommy. No, he's not. He wouldn't have even said any of that stuff had I not said something to him. He's not out evangelizing people with that. You know, I, I, if I, I hope I get a chance to be nice to him. I hope I get a chance to keep talking to him. And I hope eventually I can get him to really pay attention to what I have to say because I'd like to see him get saved. You know, it, it's okay if we do that, you gave him a first and second admonition. He's a heretic. It's now time to reject him. <sighs> novices, you know, novices, you know, the, the things that they come up with, it's, it's absolutely sad. We don't need to be that way. And so some people are sheep with bad shepherds. Some people are just sheep with no shepherds. Some people are just on bad ground. Luke 8.13 says, they on the rock, this is after the parable of sower, Jesus is explaining it, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in a time of temptation fall away. But that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit and patience. And you know what? I believe people get saved on bad ground and often because they're on bad ground, they never produce any fruit. They don't get people saved. They don't continue serving the Lord. But I believe that they're still saved. But you know, here's, here's the thing about it. I'm somebody that was born on good ground. I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a good church. You know, I was, I was, I was surrounded by people encouraging me to do the right thing. But you know, a lot of people, they don't have that. You know, you've got all these clown preachers out there 
questioning the salvation of everyone who doesn't repent of all their sins after they get saved and they question their salvation because they weren't in church the next Sunday wanting to ask to get baptized and do all the things that they want them doing. You know, maybe they're on bad ground. And we have no idea what the average person has experienced and been subjected to in their lives. You know, I have no idea what most people who have been in church have experienced. All I know are IFB churches. Very little experiences in things outside that. But you know what? You know how many people have gone to, I mean, dozens and dozens of churches. And folks, it's not hard to go to dozens and dozens of churches and you have dozens and dozens of bad experiences. If any of you have ever shopped around for churches, you know I'm telling the truth. It's hard to find good churches out there. And so if you have people that tried for years, have tried a bunch of different churches, I can kind of see why some of them gave up. You know, and you know, it's it's going to be a while before you find the IFB church a lot of times. Some people maybe get lucky. But you know, th- you know, think about too, again, think about Jews and Muslims in Jerusalem. Their main exposure to Christianity is Catholics. Idolatrous Catholics. Everyone knows idolatry is wrong. You know, but yet that's what they're subjected to. And it is it's okay for you to be sympathetic to a people who have everything working against them. So, and, I mean, think about the propaganda that we see. Okay, we saw a lot of this when they were wanting us to go to war with Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, they'll show you all the stuff of Muslims chanting death to America. They'll show you examples of, you know, Muslims, how mean they are to their wives and stuff. Listen, I watched this week, I saw a Muslim couple and the Muslim lady was like giving it to her husband. And they were like authentic. She had a head covering on everything. She didn't have the whole face covered. But I mean, she was like authentic looking. She was mad. She was crying. She was letting him have it. And he's like, he acted freaked out. I thought all the Muslims beat their wives. You know? But I mean, she was, she was, she was letting him have it. And, you know, the, you know the, I, that wasn't what I expected to see. But, you know, we've been told that's how it is. Because why? Because we've got to get in those countries so they can get women's rights. Why? So we can turn... Listen, I don't want them beating their wives and stuff, but we really want to turn them into a bunch of blue-haired freaks like we've got in our country. You know, what, what, you know, and listen, how easy would it be for those Muslims to say, you know what, if those Americans come in here, look at who they promote. And then you know what they can do? They can show the Kamala Harris's. They can show the women that are being promoted. They can show they can show all our pop singers, the way they dress, the freaks that they look like. They can show the Ellen DeGenerates. They can explain who they are, what they are, and they're gonna. You know what? That's gonna make our country look horrible. But you know what? Does that represent most of our country? Absolutely not. But folks, but all countries do that back and forth to each other. It's not right. I was I was shocked by some of the things I saw. I was in the, I, I was in the plane yesterday, or, or day before, and the the family in front of me was a Muslim family. They, they were they were in the venture country over across, and the kids were out of control, horrible crying. You know, you got to feel sorry. It was a twelve hour flight, but I mean that dad, he looked like an American dad. He's like scrambling around, like trying to help, the, you know, and just. He had no idea what he was doing. He he looked like your average dad today, just no clue what he was trying, you know, doing. 
you know, the mom's only able to really comfort one at a time. And it, did, it, it just looked like an American family, how they are. These were Muslims. She's got, she's got the head covering and everything. And they're having the same problems. I didn't think their kids were probably ever bad because I probably figured they probably really beat their kids. Their kids were horrible. The kids, their kids were absolutely horrible. And, uh, yeah, but again, we, it's, I saw a lot of stuff this week. It's like, that's just not how I've thought of these people. But I've received the same propaganda everybody else has. And so, it's okay to be sympathetic towards people who have everything working against them. You can always find a verse to give you an excuse to hate on someone. But you know what? You can always find a verse to give you an excuse to love someone too. You know, for, for example, you know, the rich people. You know, some, some of these rich and famous. Ah, they're all reprobates. You know, we were talking about Kanye West before church. That, you know, that poor lost soul. Okay. All right. You know, what, what's your opinion on Kanye West? All right. Listen, that guy hasn't got a chance. I mean, think about it. First off, he's rich. Well, that's a reason to hate him. Well, you know what? The Bible does say in 1 Timothy 6, 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and a manly, many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after it, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I have no sympathy for these rich people. I have no sympathy for these people who are just looking for money. It's the root of all evil. They're, they're all garbage. They're all reprobates. I, ha- I hate them all. Well, I see another example in the Bible though in Mark 10.20. Jesus talking to a rich young ruler. And you know what it says? And he answered and said to him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come take up thy cross and follow me. And in Luke 18, 23, telling the same story, you know what it says? And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. You know what that tells me? That the love of money was the root of all evil. That while he coveted after it, he pierced himself through with many sorrows. That he was drowned in destruction and perdition because of the love of money. Just like it says in First Timothy. And while I read that really mean and gave a lot of passion to show we can, we can hate on those evil rich people, Jesus looked at that rich young ruler and he loved him. But yet, everything that First Timothy 6 said would happen, it happened to that guy. But you know, who, and that's the thing. Whoever heard of feeling sorry for a rich person? Jesus felt sorry for that rich guy. Because, you know, Jesus understood too, while he's got everything on this earth, he knew what was coming for that guy. Like in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And let me tell you, when you have guys like Kanye West, even if, let's just say that he is a guy looking for truth, how in the world is he going to find it? He's surrounded by yes-men freaks who just want some of his money. He's surrounded by people of false religion. It seems like the people he gets spiritual advice from are other celebrities. That guy hasn't got a chance. And you know what? Somebody, I kind of feel sorry for him. I mean, the guy's as dumb as a box of rocks, for one thing. He is. So he has no brains, and he's filthy rich, surrounded by wicked people. What chance does that guy have of getting saved? What chance does that guy have of getting the golden opportunity, privilege of hearing 
a gospel presentation from yours truly. You know, it's probably not going to happen. And so you know what? He's probably going to go to hell. He's probably more than likely going to go to hell. You know, and, you know, whether he's a reprobate or not, he, he, he probably is. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. But you know what? He's definitely an example of somebody on bad ground. And he's been on bad ground for a long time. I don't know. You know, you see, you know, you, it, there's a big difference, again, between that person. You know, you have like the Whitney Houstons, you know, that like went from singing in a church choir to singing in the pop music. You know, which, she died of a drug overdose. You know, you had guys like Elvis Presley. Supposedly he was involved in some of that stuff. He died of a drug overdose. It seems like the ones that started out knowing the truth and went that direction, they die early deaths. Like God takes them out. And I know a lot of people think Elvis was saved. You know, I, I almost think he was because of how early he got taken out. I, I don't know. I, I don't have I don't have an opinion on that. It, it really doesn't matter. But I'm just saying it's okay to have pity. And I do. I look at guys like Kanye. I just it's just pity. It's just what a what a sad case he is. That guy has almost no hope. And Alex Jones wasn't going to be able to help him out. He, he, he wouldn't know how to help him out. <laughs> anyway, I mean, what, what a sad thing. But, you know, you cannot accurately judge most people by the main faces of those that are in, in any movement that's out there. You can't do that. The main faces of movements are almost always extreme characters that, like, get the attention. And that's how they're able to kind of create these movements but the the truth is most people aren't extreme characters okay now you'll always have the people who imitate this extreme character and they're always kind of repulsive because it's just not real but again extreme characters are the ones that typically get attention but they don't represent a majority of the people you take you take any church that's got an outrageous figure there most of the people in the church aren't like that. You have a few people that pretend that they're that way and they typically get kicked out of the church before long because they get proven to be bad people. But it's, it's, it's the same thing, political movements, you know, whatever. You, know, you think about how many movements have gone on just in this country that were led by rock stars. You know, they're always extreme characters, aren't they? But yet, they don't... And while they lead a lot of people astray, you know, not everybody that follows them is just this horrible reprobate. They are lost sheep. And I'm just here to tell you, don't kill the lost sheep. Don't kill the lost sheep. Learn to have compassion. Learn to try to make a difference. Matthew 5.14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. With the people of our world who are walking in darkness, you know, do you feel sorry? You know, do you feel sorry or do you laugh at the blind guy tripping over stuff? You're a pretty bad person if you laugh at him. He's blind. What do you think is going to happen to him? Uh, and what do we think lost people are going to do? They're going to go down bad paths. They're going to make bad decisions. 
What do we think spiritually blind people are going to do? They're going to follow false religions. They're going to come up with foolish ideas on things. What we've got to do is we've got to shine a light so they have something to look to and so we can point them to Jesus Christ. We've got to point them to the Good Shepherd who gives His life for the sheep. That's what we need to do. We need to stop seeing people like we do the leaders and those who are being propped up as examples of those people. But we need to see individuals who could be saved and get them to look at Jesus. I'm tired of this whenever like somebody... I, I remember seeing this... I forgot what political race it was, but one of the women that was running, somebody made an insulting comment about them personally. And then they like said, well, you know, I'm not offended, but you know, this is offensive towards women, the women of America. I'm like, they were insulting you. It wasn't the women of America. No, it was you. You're the one that looks that way. You know, and it was just, but everybody wants to make it about every, you know, everyone else. But you know, these leaders, they are not, they are not the representation most people are just sheep. And you know what? Let's have a compassionate attitude towards people. Let's have a more loving attitude towards people. Let's not be too quick. And I don't think we do this in our church, but let's not be too quick to just go throwing entire nations in hell, entire races in hell, you know, entire religions in hell. Yes, they're all heading to hell, but they're heading there as lost sheep, following wicked shepherds. And you, know, you go read Jude, you go read Second Peter, it is creaming those false prophets that are leading the people astray. The reason they are so bad, the reason false prophets are so bad is because they hurt the innocents. And the innocents get hurt. The innocents do suffer. They, they do end up going to hell, but although it's the false prophets that's the, rep, that's the reprobate. Not, not the rest of those people. And so we need to start thinking in that way. And I think if we do that, we'll be much more compassionate. It'll, be, it'll motivate us a lot more to just win more souls and to make a difference in these people's lives. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help to everybody. Lord, we thank You so much for uh, the ability to tell people about You and to change people's eternal destination. I pray You'll help us to have uh, a more compassionate attitude towards people. Help us to uh, see people as lost sheep. Help us not to um, just lump everybody in with a certain figure uh, in, in a, a religion, a race, or whatever, but we'll uh, just see people as individuals and try to reach as many as we can and help us to be more like you in this area. In your name we pray. Amen.